Hello to all you people out in podcast land, and welcome to another year of the Graveyard Shift Horror Podcast. My name is Mike, and I never work the Graveyard Shift alone. Please say hello to the guy who only looks like he's been inside a police station holding cell, John. (laughs) Hello, hello. New year, new me. And what is that supposed to mean, Mike? (laughs) Are, Are you suggesting something? Uh, Do I fit a profile? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I got short on an introduction. <laughs> now I'm being called out on it. Oh no, this doesn't work. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> right under under the spotlight. Right deer in the headlights. Yeah, so you guys have lots under- of deer up there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wither when I'm on the spot. <laughs> So today's episode is Popoltergeist because we watched The Last Shift. This, you know, because Popo, the police. Yes, I I got it. I liked it. Yeah. Very clever. This movie was directed by Anthony de Blasi, written by Anthony de Blasi and Scott Poiley. Produced by Scott Poiley and Mary Poiley. Cinematography by Austin Schmidt. Ployasi. Anthony de Blasi. These, like, these names just sound so fun to say. De Blasi. And, I'm trying uh, not to say Dibiasi. Dibiasi, yeah. No, Ted Dibiasi, all right? The Million Dollar Man. Yeah, the Million Dollar Movie. Yep. <laughs> this is music by Adam Barber. I wonder who did the haircuts then. <laughs> this was produced by Skyra Entertainment, distributed by Magnet Releasing, which I'm surprised this movie didn't come out looking distorted then. <laughs> yeah, right. This was uh, released October 25th, 2014 at Fright Fest. It is a runtime of 87 minutes, starring Juliana Harkavy as Jessica Lauren, who you may remember as Black uh, Canary. On uh, CW's Arrow. I keep trying not to say Blackwood or Black Cat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I, I keep wanting to say it that t- way every time I like think of saying the character. It's like Black Widow, you know, but. Starring Joshua Mickle as John Michael Payman, Hank Stone as Sergeant Cohen, Jay LaRose as Homeless Man slash Rasputin Body Double. <laughs> Natalie Victoria as Marigold Sarah Skulko as Kitty Payman Catherine Kilger as Dorothea Payman Mary Lankford, not to be confused with Mary Lanford Or Mary Pickford, that's who it is Canadian mm. actress from the 1910s and uh, 20s Yeah As Birdie and Matt Doman, not to be confused with Matt Damon As Ryan Price Matt Doman. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just Uh, every time I hear Matt Damon, it's like, yeah, I can't. I can't. I have to do it. (laughs) It's the law. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the synopsis of this movie is a cop on her first shift has to run, has to man the last shift at a closing police station and 
somehow things go awry when she starts getting visited by uh, people who were related to her father's final case. And this uh, this movie has a Rotten Tomato score of 100%. Don't let that fool you. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, John's reaction is pretty much going to let you know that... Who the fuck reviewed this? I mean, if 100% of two people like this movie, maybe. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds like it's a very low data set on there. I know this movie has some popularity, but and it's not like that kind of like no, <laughs> that is not believable. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and uh, that Mary Langford that we were talking about, her last name is her full name is Mary Langford Poily. So Poily. that should that should yeah. that tells you why she's in this movie because she is the producer. Who oh. just decided I'm going to hang out in front of the camera? Yeah. And one of the BioClean guys was also Scott Poiley. So the producer was uh, was uh, one of the dead bodies. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I, I could tell there were probably uh, some, you know, some budget cuts. <laughs> yeah, and the guy that played Michael Payman in this was in Greenland, The Walking Dead, Righteous Gemstones, and Ozark. And he was also on an upcoming episode of Manhunt. Hmm. And he was in Creep Show, the show. Oh, what? The the newer one that came out? Yeah. Huh. He was in the episode of Dead Girl Named Sue. I might have to go back at that episode. I was watching a bit of that uh, new Creep Show uh, series on Shudder. I think I've like watched most of the first season of it. He was also in an episode of Doom Patrol as Imaginary Jesus. <laughs> you know, as opposed to real Jesus. What a great acting credit right there. I mean, he played a demon-worshipping cultist in one, and then, a, and then, you know, the embodiment of Christianity in another. And the guy has range. Uh, no, certainly. Imaginary Jesus has probably got to be the, uh, you know, the... the uh, the white, blue-eyed Jesus, like the one in the fucking boondocks, right? <laughs> Praise white <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God, I love that episode so Oh my much. God, it's so good, yeah. When, <laughs> fucking like, he's the spirit of Ronald Reagan. It's Ronald Reagan. It's Ronald Reagan. Yeah, he's like, ah, yes. You I, did such I a great job, black Ruckus. People, Ruckus. I'm going to give you your reward. You hated black people as much right. as I do. Yeah. As much as like, I did. That's why I tried to make do everything in my power to make their lives miserable. All right? Ah, this is heaven, Ruckus. White and, heaven. <laughs> which means you got to fit in better. And then he, like, touches his cheek and he turns Ruckus white. Yeah. He's, he's like, still ugly oh, as hell, but he's white. Yeah. He's like, oh, pray it, white Jesus. God. It's everything I ever wanted. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That, that episode was brilliant. It's so horrible. In the, it was brilliant in the most horrible way. <laughs> I don't know what's really horrible is that it was coming back, and it was hilarious. Uh, it's hilarious in the most horrible way too. It's like, geez, you know. Uh, and that we were going, they were working on reviving it, and then, ah, uh, you know, John Witherspoon died, and then yeah, uh, I guess something else pulled the rug out at HBO. They decided not to uh, do it. 
Yeah, the whole Damn, thing I would have loved through. to see the Boondocks come back. God, yeah, no, such a shame. Yeah, great shit. <laughs> so you may be wondering why we're not talking about this movie. There's a reason. <laughs> yeah, but we, we do not think it deserves a hundred percent. Yeah, clearly I don't. I, and I, I like this movie kind of, and I don't think I definitely don't think this deserves a hundred percent. You know, it's like I didn't even say that. Like, um. Yeah, you're the one that recommended this, and even you would be like 100% a hundred percent. No, this is like a, this is a movie. I'd say this is like a sixty-five percent movie for me. So it, it's good. It's I, I think, or it, you know, it's in the the right context, and um, I don't know. I'm interested to like again. I was just reading on iHorror a couple weeks ago. I think that's also what made this movie come to mind again after not thinking about it for a while. But they're going to be like remaking this. Uh, and DeBlasi, I guess, is directing it again. And who is it they said? Uh, Jessica Sula, I guess, is going to be the star this time. So, I don't know. Maybe they're thinking, like, maybe they can, you know, make the writing a little bit better. Maybe get some better actors. Uh, you know, and there's some stuff I would change around. But, you know, we can kind of get to that into the actual meat of the episode <laughs> but again there, there's just not a lot we, we this is a this is a dish of mostly potatoes and green beans we don't really have a lot of meat if that makes <laughs> sense we're, we're, we're having a bowl of carbs tonight <laughs> yeah i'm looking at our 9db it doesn't show the uh, the movie showing up in any uh up oh wait i'm looking at upcoming untitled last shift reboot so yep it's uh it, it, she's pretty cute she was in a split but haven't uh seen that well i just i guess i don't remember her from split i have seen that movie before but big fork although yeah i haven't seen these other ones oh she was at the screen tv series huh and lucifer huh okay yeah yeah well, i'm looking forward yeah. to it yeah she's got some credits there so she might be pretty good yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Um, you know, it because yeah, there's some things I could say about like the stuff I don't like, where it's just like ah, it just does what a lot of those Netflix yeah. movies do, where it's like ah, man, they start off with a good idea, maybe it's good for a little bit, but then it just doesn't know how to stick the landing in the end. Yeah, well, we'll see where this movie sticks because again, well, a little reluctant to talk about it because my the, these are like some of the thinnest notes I've ever got, I've ever done. I don't know if it was just like a bad day for watching it or if the movie just did not tickle me. Uh, apparently, this guy's uh, done movies that I have seen, like the the Midnight Meat Train. Hmm. Oh, I've heard of that, but I haven't seen that. Isn't that the one about like the fucking organ harvesting? The, there's shit? a dude on a train with a metal hammer. Oh. <laughs> okay. I remember seeing. Uh, I remember seeing that on fucking Netflix. I just I hadn't. Never got around to watching yeah. that one, and and a particular the specific hammer is like a meat tenderizer. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it that stars meat, uh, huh? Vinny Jones. <laughs> Yo, so Vinny, he go beat Vinny. that, <laughs> beat that meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Vinny Jones, Brad Cooper, and Leslie Bibb. <laughs> I'm just seeing. Hey, he's gonna ride a train and beat that meat. All right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Vinny, Boy, he's mate, a good, he, he's a I'm good gonna fella. Your, I'm gonna beat your meat, <laughs> and you're gonna love it. 
Actually, I don't care if you love it. I'm going to do it anyway. You can't stop me. <laughs> All right. We're riding a meat train, all right? <laughs> God, the meat train just sounds like a fucking... <laughs> that sounds like a gay porn, doesn't it? Yeah. Or at least or at least like a, like a gangbang train. Yeah. No, yeah, it sounds like a really... It's like they made a deal with the city. It's a after. really raunchy, like... Porn, like like really raunchy gay porn. <laughs> this train only runs from one a.m. to three a.m. When everyone else thinks it'll get it's out of service, then like that's when all the special customers line up and. Boy, you ready to take the hammer? Yeah, right. This is the last shift of this train. All right. <laughs> uh, so let's get on with the goods because we got to do this eventually. Yeah. Hey, you know. We're, uh, yeah. Officer Lauren can frisk me any day. Yeah, that's my first good because this woman is, uh, I'll say, it, too damn hot to be a cop. She is, she is like gorgeous. Yeah, that's that's what this movie's really about. She is just too hot to be a cop. You know, clearly the movie's trying to send this message through making her either be haunted by ghosts or just kind of go through some psychosis. You know, but in the end, it's like, yeah, yeah you, you can't know. be a cop. Yeah, you're too pretty to be a cop. I mean, look at the ass. Look at your asshole. You should boss. be a horror movie victim. Yeah, I mean, that's like your asshole boss. It's like you totally don't jive at all with this guy. Like, why do you want to like be in his world and like you know you, you become him later in like a few years? You become like a dickhead like that. Like, nah. Um. Well, okay, I could say so for my first good. Um, I don't. Know, all right, so I think this movie does kind of have a good use of setting um I, I at least appreciate that they picked a to do a movie that's mostly like a haunting type of movie uh to pick a location like a police station uh a simple one too like i, I thought it was an interesting choice at least it was a nice deviation for the typical you know asylum or spooky house uh or you know just like some haunted hospital thing that's been done so many times uh, and Okay, well, I think initially this movie kind of sets a little bit of a a tone that I originally resonated with me uh, with kind of like, I don't know, when you're in this like police station, I feel like the walls are just stripped down, nothing's in there, and it's a lot of white, and it's like quiet, and you know, you just have the lights off, that floret, and then just other areas are just kind of having like the fluorescent light bounce off. It feels like a really liminal space and a really unsettling way. Uh, and I feel like this movie kind of does a little bit of create a little bit of a feeling of that liminal horror. Um, I guess with it being a psychological horror movie. Um, I, I don't know. I think it, it's, uh, I, de- I definitely think it creates that police station as being a kind of menacing place so I, I give it credit there yeah um i got thoughts on that but not in the uh not in the goods and it's not necessarily because of what they did but what they didn't do uh-huh yeah so uh but yeah i think broad okay well I, the reason i'm only commenting on this is i i don't think it's again it's not so much what the movie does but it what it kind of seems to remind me of and i don't know like i don't know if you've ever had to like close a store or something by yourself or, you know, and like maybe like a large building or something like that. And let the shut off all the lights and you're sort of leaving. And like, I don't know if it, like when I used to work at this, um, 
I when I used to work at Marshalls when I was like in high school, um, you know, oftentimes I'd have to close, and I mean, I wouldn't be the only person in the building, but you know, so as I go over to one side of the building, um, you know, it's pretty long, and you know, I'd be like by myself, kind of closing all the lights and turning up, you know, and locking the doors, and like when you're in there, I think feel like once all the lights are off and you're kind of just staring down the hallway and you're about to lock it. Like I just get this feeling. I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here right away. And I would not want to be like, I feel like I would probably have my mind play tricks on me. If I was like having to stay overnight in a place like that, knowing there's like hallways and corridors that are empty. They're dark. And you know, uh, again, it kind of gives that feeling of liminal horror. And, uh, I don't know. I think the police station is a good location for this, but you know, again, the execution isn't great with what this movie does, but yeah. yeah. Great idea underused. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I think while it's a good idea, you know, it's also a negative too. I I'd say there's a lot of missed opportunity. I would. Yeah. So. Yeah. My second good is, uh, we don't have to wait long for the creepy shit. Although, yeah, it, 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 I can't remember if it was like, you know, the ghost stuff we saw first or like just like the homeless guy being around. But then we don't even know if he was a ghost or not. Because, yeah. Uh, we'll 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 talk well, more about the uh, about why I'm confused about that. But it, uh-huh. at least for goods, there was somewhat decent pacing. Yeah. That was actually going to be my second good. There wasn't a whole lot I had to say about it, but I, I thought the pacing in the movie is good. Where I, you know, I agree, it doesn't drag on too long before it actually starts getting into the spooky shit. Um, you know, it's it kind of. I mean, you know, even how it gets messy in the end, it it still at least picks up a bit of action when I wanted to pick up action, but the stuff that happens is, is, you know, got its issues, but, uh, I, I can at least give some points there. Yeah. I think the movie is well paced. Uh, a lot of horror movies drop the ball on this, but this one, it, it's not a real negative for this movie, I'd say. So, so what's your next good? Uh, well, I kind of already knocked at the pacing one. Um, well, my other good, I guess I would just say, is uh, this, okay, there's some bad jump scares in this movie, but there's a couple decent ones in here. Um, you know, not as, yeah, a couple ones, I guess, where you just see this stuff kind of flash in the cell. I mean, uh, those seem a little bit better done, but, um, you know, that's, it's like when she's like looking at the cell and it, like the the homeless guy's locked up in there, and you know a couple times where you see the stuff like you know flash in the background, and I think there's like another jump scare where she's walking down the hallway and she's like sees like the circle of the you know Manson cult girls in there like praying, and I don't know there's like another jump scare at that part um, that was you know at least decently done. Um, so yeah, I mean, just some minor things there. Yeah. 
could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, there's so, like I said, there's some bad ones in here too, <laughs> but there's a couple of decent ones in here. Yeah, my uh, my last bad is some of the manifestations are pretty damn creepy, like the women singing and, and like having uh, their reflections not match them. Yeah, the um, yeah, oh yeah, that 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 was a pretty good little scene, and like I, the the song and stuff they're singing, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the fucking uh, I don't know, it reminds me too much of the, the cult and uh, what is it, hereditary. Well, you know, it's like the guy they're like watching his name is Payman, and it's like, wasn't the name of that demon in like Hereditary Pyman? It was one of the kings yeah. of hell. I was reading a bit of that. They're calling him the king of hell, but I'm like, well, no, Pyman's like one of the kings of hell. There's like, I don't know, there's different ones. Hey, everybody, this is Mike, and I just wanted to let you know that uh, we're going to cut out the uh, the middle part here, which is about a nice 10-minute rant where we talk about Hereditary and some other stuff. It uh, kind of takes the show off track a bit, but if you do want to find out uh, how that conversation went, uh, you can stick around after the show for the outtakes. But uh, now we'll get on with the rest of the bads of this movie. Well, now we can get to the bads, uh, yeah. if you're out of goods. Uh, I... Yeah, I pretty much drowned out my goods on this one. Yeah. It's not... Okay, so uh, we'll let you uh, draw first blood or... All right. uh, Whatever else, because this movie's got quite a few bodily fluids in it. Yeah. I mean, there's like... I mean, there wasn't even a whole lot of notes I could say on the bads, but it's not necessarily saying... Like, these are kind of bigger things. I mean, for one, I, I just find all around the... The Manson cult plot, it's its just lame. I feel like they could have used a better plot device. I Because it's just so overused. Um, and, it, you know, just kind of seeing another reiteration of kind of do the Manson cult. It's, oh, spooky devil worshippers. Uh, it just falls a little flat. For, like, I think a movie that is playing with psychological horror, which I like it could have just had a better... It's like almost my same complaint about with like the Silent Hill movie. It's like it loses some of its... Um, like the... I don't know. The plot gets a, it too generic and simple for what I feel like should be more layered and complex. I feel like the movie would benefit yeah. more from that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just cliche. Yeah, I can build off that because that was like one of the uh, the biggest... One of my bads. Yeah, very derivative, you know. Yeah, was, like, the cult's idea was really fucking dumb. And, again, we're going to tie back to, so this is going to be like a two-in-one bad for me. Also, it ties in with the the setting, which is a great setting, but a terrible missed opportunity. Because instead of focusing on just, like, one stupid cult that killed themselves there and somehow uh, possessed the police station that nobody talks about or, right. or anything... This should have focused more upon the compounded pain of hundreds, thousands yeah. of various occupants. Yeah. Like, like a 13 ghost 13 situation. Go- yeah, I was just thinking that back with the I was suffering say of ghosts. inmates and police. You know, uh, like policemen who have suffered trauma, uh, yeah. inmates that have suffered abuse. Right. Like, just have 
all the compounded suffering that takes place in a police station just take on these various manifestations. It should have just been general miscellaneous ghosts and her yeah. seeing scenes of uh, policemen either like abusing the inmates either violently or, you know, yeah. bringing hookers in and, you know, uh, molesting, like just doing like awful abuses of power stuff as right. well as even some police uh, like – Doing like, like bring, some bring, bringing the rookies in there and like quote initiating them by making them do terrible things like have like police like some policemen also be like the recipients of abuse and, and pain and show like have these echoes like like yeah. the station is just a sponge for suffering yeah like it's like a place that already has a lot of like fucked up things happen over the years and well and you maybe you could throw in some of the cult members but they're like at the most extreme end of shit like you start seeing all sorts of crazy stuff and at some point you're like oh my god there's some fucking manson cult people in here at one point Yeah, but the idea that like these three people are just like so fucking evil that that they were able to manifest all this shit it it, it just sounds dumb like i would have preferred like if it turns out like the cops left because basically the sponge is full Yes. And it and it won't soak up anymore. Now it's leaking. Yes. Now it's leaking all the suffering. That right. would have definitely been the angle I would have taken with yeah. this. Because there's just so much going on. Like, it could either be abuses of power or just, you know, even if, like, not every cop has to be, like, a bastard. But just people there on some of the worst days of their life. Or, yeah. like, people separated Absolutely. from their loved ones. Like yeah. junkies just drying out and no one's helping them. Yeah, there's a kind of, I mean, there's like a lot of like sad lost souls, you know. It's like, well, you know, there's some ones of like some violent people they've had there, but there's also just a lot of people, yeah, again, whose lives are. Yeah, even inmates hurting inmates and cops like yeah. not uh, not doing anything about it or getting there in time. Yeah. Well, and I guess it would really depend with this plot on where what they really intended to do it. Like that's why I'm kind of interested to see what they do with this remake because I just hope he does. I just hope he dumps that cult angle because the idea that like yeah, I don't three like, people who off themselves in a station can poison it and ruin it. Like yeah, it's it's like if you're gonna do that, at least make it about Epstein. Have like, him if it's have a him reboot, the police station. If if it's a reboot, I'm hoping they go for like a complete reimagining. Um, because it depends if they're trying to play the angle of like, okay, the supernatural stuff is real, or if she essentially it's it's all kind of in her head and she's kind of going through some crazy psychosis. Basically, like it's like compounded trauma on her end from her father's death, and she's seeing stuff. But then again, her seeing like the the officer who was with her father but having like a clear image of him that and she her not knowing him that that doesn't seem to make sense that that wouldn't be in her head because you know so that kind of leans more credence to okay the supernatural stuff is real and it kind of but then it i don't know then she sort of went crazy but yeah again i'm kind of getting it that's again probably just an issue i just have it's like another bad right there is just there's the plot seems to have some threads that are just not connecting. And, and the cult angle, I think, yeah, I would, I'd much do without, man. I, I like, I like your, where you're going with that. I feel like that would just be a much better, like, reimagining of this plot, you know? 
with just I mean, having if you're, more, if you're gonna have someone kill themselves in the cell like, to gain power make it yeah MCU. make it a th- like that would yeah be great or yeah or if you want a real or if you want to make it and more he takes schlocky. the cop on, he takes the cop on like an eyes wide shut sexual torture for two yeah. hours <laughs> right but i like the whole idea of it being kind of a just a whole like a tavern of horrors i mean it's like a, she thinks, a she 13 thinks ghost kind of <laughs> angle you know it's just she like, thinks she's leaving the station but she's actually just ending up on the island Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, we find out this is actually just the new reboot of Lost, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Epstein Island. <laughs> Every week you've got like a special guest. It's like, like Lost, is, is that, Epstein is that Bill Island. Clinton and Bill Gates? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh uh, yeah, so, like, hopefully they ditch the uh, the cult angle and, you know, focus more upon, like, all the, the other aspects of suffering that the station could absorb. Yes. So. Uh, speaking of the station absorbing, my first, uh, my first uh, solo bat is, did Art the Clown decorate the bathroom? Because <laughs> when they open the door, you see the, from wall to ceiling, it's just festooned with gar- with, with shit. <laughs> it's like yeah. did the ghost do that or were the cops just giving it a send-off <laughs> like is she smelling ghost shit or they're they're harassing the rookie all right yeah and like in a way that oh, can only man. be described as super illegal yeah <laughs> let's just give her a mop and tell her to clean the bathroom and super just- illegal and just uh, i think like a fucking violation of the Jiva Connect Jiva Convention. <laughs> Jesus, you know. Um Well Yeah, at that point you just bring you just run a hose into the bathroom and just spray the walls like a mop ain't gonna cut it. Especially no. if that mop doesn't have a ringer. <laughs> like I, a, I am not hand ringing that fucking know, mop. A fire hose, a high pressure hose or some shit in there. You know what? The hazmat team is coming. I'm not going <laughs> to yes. do my work outside let them handle it. <laughs> exactly. They've already well, got the suits on with the, with, the, with, the, with the oxygen and the masks. They can handle the bathroom. It's not yeah. my job, man. It's like while we're at it. Oh, man. <laughs> um. Yeah, so what's your bet? Uh, so my uh, okay. Well, my next bad is that there's some like missed Chekhov's guns in here. Like, okay, they literally talk about an evidence room with like explosives and stuff in there that Hasman's going to get rid of, and that doesn't really play at all into the plot later. Um, you know, I it was a little just all it. Well, the only way it was it kind of it, is that there's an impetus for the bio clean guys to come in. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you kind of had that, but it just felt it's a like thin excuse. I'm not. It's it's not what I would call a suitable justification. I don't know. I just felt like that we're given. Yeah, it just didn't feel like it. You know, as much time they spent on it, I I get it, but it was like I don't know. I felt like they could have done more, and also like the okay, what's with the fucking. I guess there's another Chekhov's gun. I, I, I could have made it a separate point, but I'll just lump this on here. Well, we got Chekhov's hobo. Yeah. the And then the prostitute lady, I guess, who's like Chekhov's hanging out hobo. behind. Yeah, behind the fucking station, just sitting there smoking a cigarette. And kind of surprised, like, she didn't just tell her to go fuck off or something, you know? Like, why are you well, hanging? When you were at the station alone for hours, I mean... I mean, there's worse things to do than spend like about ten minutes chatting up, chatting with a hooker. 
Yeah, I guess so. It's just kind of like, why are you here? Like, I don't know. It's just like, I kind of felt like maybe she would have like come back and played a, another part in this. She likes the irony of committing a crime on the grounds of a police yeah. station. Well, it's like, yeah. She it, likes to live dangerously. <laughs> right. It felt like that that part was, okay, she was just there to pop up and drop some exposition, but I felt like... <laughs> Maybe again, she's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a cleaning crew to come by and uh, they, they hired me for the group rate. Yeah. The narrative delivery in this is is not the best. I mean, and then they have like the... the guy at the other police station that's just Captain Exposition, you know, who just calls in and just tells her all this stuff over dispatch and doesn't say, like, hey, dude, why the fuck are you asking about this? These people are dead, you know, like, what are you doing? It's hard to tell, and, like, that ties in with my bad. Yeah, Uh, so... You absolutely cannot tell what's real. Yeah. I can can enjoy some uncertainty in a movie, but when everything is like, is she even calling him anybody? Because the phones are ringing, but it's a ghost. Yeah. Uh, The homeless guy turns into, like, the fucking Mars scene from Total Recall when Schwarzenegger goes out the window. Yeah. Well... Is he real or not? Is anybody real? uh, Yeah, because I think the difference is, it's like, it's one thing when the movie's intentionally doing that, but I think this movie unintentionally is, like... Like, they forget so many things. Yeah, I feel like it's more of just writing direction problems you know that they, it's not clear what they're trying to say was the homeless guy real or was he just a manifestation was the hooker even like, real or was she well, just there to fucking spook her i do think the i do think the homeless guy was real you do see one iteration of him but it's like a vision of him <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the fucking point where his eyes are like Kind of ah, <laughs> the that was one of the bad bad special effects scenes i would say <laughs> but it was kind of funny looking it was just, two weeks <laughs> <laughs> just it looked like very cartoonish like <laughs> Again, like, and the fact that he already looked like rasputin in the first place you know what like when she when she rolls him over and he does like that yeah thing you know what he reminds me he reminds me of like those uh like those scare, to- uh, like those Ghostbuster scare toys. Oh, like okay, the, uh, yeah. The late from the late eighties, where like you just like twist their arm or press a button on the back, and their eyes bulge out. Yeah, like ah, yeah, like the little eyes come out, and then you could. Um, I think there's other ones where it like it has like a tongue come out. Oh, I, oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's like the jaw would drop, and like the tongue would come out, like just basically like scary actions. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a ghost. It looked like action. one of those. Yeah, like it did look kind of like like a little toy doll type thing. Like it looked, yeah, very <laughs> like a. And it didn't help that he looked like Rasputin all the time. <laughs> yeah, Rasputin, right? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, like a combination of Rasputin and the Rat King. Yeah. Well, yeah, his character ended up being like, it was just. Did he even serve a purpose? Like, what happened to him? Well, it's something that's supposed to be funny. He just ended up being laughable, like, unintentionally hilarious. So. Yeah, like, he's so meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Like, I can't even tell, like, is he one of the people that she, like, went sneaky on and killed? Did he escape? Like, if he was real, what happened to him? Because if, if we don't see, like, his body around, then we have to assume that. He never, he was never there in the first place. Yeah. You know, honestly, like. We just can't tell. And that's what I don't I, like about this. Like, a little doubt is fine, but everything was everything a hallucination? Yeah. No, because it does, it's a bit, 
like what they're trying to say at the end, like I feel like the ending just doesn't seem to match up really with the rest of the movie because it, it doesn't it doesn't feel earned, you know, in the whole the goal, oh she was elucidating the whole time because there's so much the stuff whole, that seemed like it was clearly it was actually happening, you know. Yeah, if the homeless guy was a ghost, then what relation was he to the pie yeah to the pie family? Yeah. Exactly. And and how is if it's supposed to not be real, then how is a person who is actually like, I mean, she could have created a face in her mind of, like, again, I guess, Officer Price. But that doesn't seem very, like, the movie doesn't clearly communicate that. It just seems more like, okay, that's actually what he looks like. And, you know, and he's saying, oh, yeah, I was partners with your dad, you know. But she doesn't know that until he tells her that, you know. And yeah, so it's, it's not that, like it's that, manifesting that, her memory. That, that's where it seems like, okay, they're leaning... That's why it seems like heavily information. Yeah, and it seems to communicate to us as the audience member that okay, these th- these are actually ghosts she's seeing. You know, she's not hallucinating this. You know, it's like, well, how does she hallucinate somebody like this unless she creates that in her mind? But that doesn't seem very clearly communicated, and I think it's just where yeah, the, so you have to imagine the script like- is a bit. It, it runs thin in a lot of places. They they introduce these threads that don't really go anywhere, and uh, yeah. So you don't think she's a crackpot? Like you 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 think like the ghosts are messing with her perceptions? But I mean, again, why her? Yeah. If they were if they were just like scaring the shit out of cops, you think the cops would have just been like, you know what, fuck this? Because the guy like uh, at the beginning when she meets the old guy, he tells her to stop and turn around. So I don't know if he's just, you know, like flashing her from behind thinking like she'll never know or if he was like checking for like a bullet hole in her head to make sure she wasn't an apparition. Yeah. Like you just don't know what other people know, what they don't know. Was there like a legit reason for them to move from one station to another? Were they really scared of the ghost? And if they were, why would they, why would they set up a rookie to be working alone rather than have like someone stick with well, her to just be like tell, to just tell her like it's okay ride it out it's yeah. okay just ride it out we just got one more day just yeah. ride it out it's like I feel like there was about I feel like there was about twenty minutes or so of like script that was somehow cut out at some point because I feel this like this explains too much yeah Fuck it. because yeah because honestly i was thinking at one point too that there had to have been some intentional region that the sergeant chose her to do this like i thought that was going to circle around to something you know like maybe he's like he's he's like a, a friend of the pyman family and he's like yeah i thought i thought that was going to circle back around i was like oh he probably has something to do with it there's got to be some reason like of of all things i was like why they pick her to be in this police station alone it's like a catalyst for shit to happen you know but yeah, it doesn't really do that. And like, honestly, this movie for, I guess what it sets up that probably should have had some more runtime to kind of tie some plot elements together. But honestly, I think it would just be better to just be a reimagining, you know, I, I like the idea of it being in a police station and the kind of it being a sort of Monday. Like I love the, just the all white in it, you know, it's unsettling, but it's, um, I, yeah, what they, what they were trying to do with the main plot is it's just, it doesn't work. I think in a lot of areas. 
Yeah, my next uh, bad is I don't I hate scream glitch jump scares. Like, <laughs> like fuck why do you have to make i hate that, that 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 convention where people are just like let's make everything look like either a corrupted video or i mean like when they have things like oh yeah it's going to be like an old vhs where everything's all scratchy oh and yeah like, vhs's have never looked like someone like sliced it up with a razor and then taped it back together and fed it through them, fed it through the machine. Like they never look like that. And w- whenever you're trying to be like all the effort you have to add to something to make it look defective, when you could just have something come around the corner, have someone scream, jump back, and either get stabbed or they back up into the actual threat. That's how you do a damn jump scare. This is just a free epilepsy test. Yeah. And it's not a substitute for a slasher jumping out of a closet and stabbing someone. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, and it's a technique that's it's so overused and and it's done in so many movies where it's like not even like appropriate or it's like they're not shooting this through a VHS, so why you have this kind of like weird editing thing and yeah, like it doesn't even fit the aesthetic style of the film. I, I've hardly seen a spot where, like, glitch scares actually work. Like, you're just, like, it's annoying to the ears, irritating to the eyes. It takes you so much out of it. Like, it reeks of artifice. So, you you can't feel like, like you're in the thing. It just utterly destroys immersion when it's such a clear... Like, look at all the shit we did in the editing bay. Doesn't it look spooky? It's like, if I'm if I'm thinking about you in the editing bay, I'm not thinking about these characters going through this experience. Yeah. I, I can't empathize with them. I can't feel their shock or dread because I'm busy watching you brag about what you learned in Adobe After Effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that. it's... I don't know. It looks cheap, honestly, when you see it, because you're like, "Oh, cool, cool." Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a substitute so that they don't. It's another cheap thing because they don't want you to focus on either the fact that they're that the effects look terrible. So they figure if you see it for for half of a second, that it'll be just enough to spook you before you can just be like, "Wow, this thing looks really cheap." Yeah. I mean, at least when you saw, like, Jason X, yeah, the CGI was terrible, but they didn't, like, they owned it. They didn't try to be like, okay, let's cut away, like, a, a split second away. No, when you see that weird gray soup that that counts, basically, like, like moving TV static as nanoprobes, <laughs> you don't, you get to see it for, like, a full... 10 to 15 seconds as it envelops Jason. So they own it. They're like, yeah, it looks like garbage, but at least you're going to know what this garbage is doing. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you got to give them props. Like, yeah, they leaned into the trash. They leaned into the skid. Yeah. This, when, when they try to do like a quick cutaway, it's like, at least when Jaws did a good cut, did a cutaway like that, they met, they did it for like a second or two. Uh, 
of like the few good shots they were able to make before you realize the shark doesn't have a, a tail. <laughs> and then they would focus on someone's reactions. Yeah. Well, it's something there like, are ways to do. There are ways to do quick cuts. Yeah. But you know, glitch scares where they just like jam static in there and like some peaked audio. Like fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, fuck, that that is that, not entertaining. That's, that's a really irritating thing. And yeah, it's it's a cheap gimmick to. T- it's not even really like. You know what I mean? It's like not even really a scare. It's like for people that it works on, it's just even all it is. It's like a startle. It's like not even a genuine like using anything. It's just more of like, oh, here, let me just fucking crank the audio up really high. You know, it's like, no, it's obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of like just screaming into the microphone. But then again, how many fucking YouTubers do just that? Well, that's going to get a reaction. Yeah, it's like it's like what people it's like. There's a difference between being startled and being, like, scared. It's like, well, anything if that screams right in your ear, at, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, but that's, like, not really I I don't feel like that's, like, a real, like, scare, you know? No, because they, they clearly overact. They're like, ah! Yeah, that's, like, it's it's a cheap gimmick, you know? And Also, like, if you know you're going to watch something where you expect to scream, leave the microphone about a good foot and a half away from your mouth. Yeah. Peaking is not entertaining at least for me but then again i have good hearing so right you know, terrible sounds are bad to me yeah i, I now, don't know who listens to that and they're just like can you please scream in my ear and test the upper limits of my headphones yeah no shit have you watched oh i was gonna ask if you watched the um like an example of a good jump scare because now like i'm thinking about the bad jump scares in this one and like, have you seen the movie Smile yet? No, not yet. Okay, well, there's a really good one in that. It was like, uh, it, you know, it is a good example of, like, you're still using the audio effectively in it, but it's a combination of something that's, like, on the screen that does it. And I don't know, like, and it's well-timed and well-set up. And... You know, and for me as someone who's particularly not usually too fond of jump scares, well, it's not even necessarily it's jump scares themselves. It's just that most people just don't do jump scares very well. It's just and they lean on it very heavily um, to kind of get over the fact that they just can't create any mood or atmosphere. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the, the movie Smile was pretty good, though. I think uh, you know, again, more of a. Well, you know, if you enjoyed a little bit of It Follows, I feel like it's like a better version of that. It's more of like the mental health version of It Follows. Yeah, we definitely dig uh, that. I well, we could I, even like we, we could even do an episode of that. I would be down to do an yeah. episode of it on that movie on here. Yeah, It Follows was uh, it. It was like one of the most tepid movies I've seen. Like the concept was great. And whenever yeah. it got to this, whenever it got to the story, it oh, was yeah. fine. But there's like an hour of no nothing story going on. Yeah. Well, it's it it has a it drags a lot in the middle of the movie before. And that fucking can... clamshell e-reader was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Like it is such a distraction because you're creating a terrible piece of technology. Just to give it to some ancillary character to show once or twice in a scene. 
But, you know, like, what is the benefits to, like, a clamshell e-reader? Because, you know, a clamshell is such a terrible outline or for the shape of a screen. Screens are square or rectangular for a reason. Yeah. Clamshells have, like, have, like, bumps on the edge. And yet this thing fills the bump and... Like that means conceivably, since most things are are uh, are made for squares, mm-hmm. that you would have just a lot of like empty screen space as you do the rest of your scrolling. Yeah, like that fucking late that fucking girl with her clamshell e reader just that was about a good ten <laughs> minutes of me just like geeking out. Like, where's the fucking practicality in this thing? <laughs> it looks like a makeup compact, but. <laughs> Oh man! A, a circle is a terrible idea for a TV screen. <laughs> it is honestly, though. I mean, I, I it did lead to that. one of the uh, the best skits we ever did, though. Yeah, that was pretty brilliant. That was like one of the first things uh, I I kind of listened to when I was sort of you know getting an idea of what this show was all about. <laughs> yeah, the nineteen fifties PSA where we're talking about like how the fifties would deal with the curse. Yeah. Uh, some of them, something like, I'm so proud of that skit. Yeah. Oh, that was good. What I'm that saying is, clear. stop listening to this episode and listen to the It Follows episode. Yeah. It's like we're, we're sitting here. This is like the sampler where we're just like, you're just like referencing, like, would what Hereditary be good? What about It Follows? Maybe we could talk about Smile. <laughs> right. <laughs> smile. So we're about half of the movie. I, I would like to talk about talking about the movie. Yeah. I'd like to talk about Smile. I mean, it, it was, um, I don't know it was pretty good. I mean, honestly, um, okay, like, you know, I'm pretty desensitized to stuff, but even I found it like a little unsettling. And I could say for the uninitiated people who aren't into horror, they would probably find it terrifying. Like, it yeah, all di- I remember is like the commercial is basically this. These people seem to be like they're walking around, and people start smiling at them. Yeah, at least that's all I, I, the trailer tells me. Yeah, and I don't want to say anything more. It's like it's better like just completely go in mostly. Because like yeah, in my head, I'm like, so is there like this this smiling ghost that like just bounces from host to host, kind of like uh, the agents from the Matrix? Yeah. So you're being haunted by a smiling ghost, kind of like that. Yeah, it, it's hey, uh, so I intuited it properly. Yeah, I mean it's um, similar to like that. Like you know, you might think of it like. It being a sort of entity, like, it follows where... It smiles. Yeah, but it's sort of like it... It transfers to people, and then, yeah, it kind of... The way it affects people is it sort of haunts them, where, yeah, it'll show up as people they know, or it could be random people, or, like, yeah. But... Yeah, where you get where you get haunted by the most disturbing scenes from the Black Hole Sun video. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh yeah that, exactly because I, I remember i found that video just when looking I, around and i found oh that God, video kind of creepy makeup. <laughs> i found that video creepy when i first saw it when i was because i was really young and i was like what the fuck is this you know but um yeah it's it, it's like a lot of that uncanny valley stuff and i don't know it, it definitely has some good yeah it has some good twists and turns I feel like that's a better example of a movie that really plays with the whole idea of what's real, but it's intentional, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's like, you know, it has a little bit of that Christopher Nolan type shit going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a good movie. I, I 
like to like to hear your thoughts on it for sure. Well, we 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 can find uh, when like International Dentist Day is, and then we can do the smile episode on that. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> all right, everybody, just like remember floss. All right, <laughs> you can't, in case like the smile monster possesses you, you don't want everybody to see those. Uh, see that dead tooth you got rotten back there that you've been putting off. <laughs> like when you jump fu- in front of someone's face and smile, you don't want them. You want them to be disturbed by the smile, not the broccoli you got in your gums. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, you want them. You want to be unsettling for the right reasons, you know. Yeah, you 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 don't want to distract from the terror of your proximity <laughs> with your coffee breath. <laughs> yep. Or the the Mountain Dew mouth. <laughs> uh, just yeah, if you really want to be like have nightmares before you go to bed, just Google Mountain Dew mouth on Google Images. Oh my gosh, that's a real thing. <laughs> oh yeah. The old good old Appalachian Mountain Dew mouth. It's like a place where like There's lyrics. <laughs> and then they were it's a song called Yellow Wolf, Mountain Dew. Uh, yeah, it was just out in like Appalachia. Oh they're like giving okay. like their kid, they're like babies, like fucking Mountain Dew and bottles and stuff. So it's like their teeth are all just like rotted out because they've been drinking all this Mountain Dew. Oh my gosh. So there's a song called Mountain Dew Mouth by Yellow Wolf. And it says, okay, let's see your first one. Dangerous mind of a 22-year-old me. Damn, what a shame. But I didn't know the pizza, man. I'm just looking for the cheese and the bread for the culinary gang. Culinary gang fucking and I let the mullet hang. But I ain't got the budget to I ain't got the budget to go cut it anyway. Wait for God, I'm paid. Feels like yesterday when I hid in the shade. Now I live in a crib on the hill, but I still wake up like I never met Sway. Never open up for Wu-Tang like Charlemagne the God. Got no one left to hate perfect. Dirty white boys like me from the South got plenty of shit to talk about, like a front porch with a couch. What, you never heard of Mountain Dew Mouth? In West Virginia, they put that shit in baby bottles. The way I see it is, F it if you want to... Ooh, can't say that word on the podcast. Kid, it's made to swallow, so put a bigger hole in a rubber nipple because his brother's soon to follow. Be a toothless coal miner, just like daddy was and die young back in the hollow. I'm on some other <laughs> ship, I'm on a mothership. Keep up with me, no ho, no psych, bitch, get a, get a grip. Been around this club with hoes and played all my hits, swung from the mosh pits and swung my fists. And, uh, yeah, so that seems to be all he says about the Mountain Dew mouth, so he just threw that shit in there, uh, once. Well, but, uh, yeah. I don't think I'll be looking at the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, too fucking late. I did. Mountain Dew. Hey, Zoom. Mountain Dew mouth. Why do they still sell this stuff? It, like, at least with these pictures, it should like, be like. It's like uh, fucking. They're just like swishing around fucking gasoline, basically. Ugh. I mean, I I drink soda as well, but you know, I don't. Like, the only thing I can imagine got, is that these people like, that, like brush their teeth with it. Right. Yeah, I know. Well, that was kind of the thing. Like, dude, they were like fucking. Just, I don't know, there just wasn't a whole lot of education out in those areas. You know, a lot of impoverished people just drink it all the like time. Like, brushing your, like, basically. And then, like, give it, and like, literally, like, feeding it to, get like, yeah, like, mothers were, like, feeding it to, like, their kids, like, baby bottles and shit like that. Like Yeah, well, like at least if they only have just, a, if they just have gums at the time, that might be okay, but. Yeah. The second they start developing teeth, you gotta protect those fucking teeth. 
Yeah, now we just uh just give a little Mountain Dew, you know. The kids are all out there just running around wrestling, so I, I just give them a little Mountain Dew, and that calms them down till they get all hyped up again because <laughs> of Mountain Dew. <laughs> God, these people are looking like fucking Pensatucky from Orange Is the New Black. That's you give them enough of that sugar, and then they have a sugar crash. Then they go to sleep. <laughs> you know, it's like all their fucking <laughs> they're producing too. They, their body all of a sudden can't ingest ins- insulin anymore, so at least they get tired, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Get type 2 diabetes at 13. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm done with bats. How about you? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't have any more here. Gosh. Uh, okay. I now forgot we where we were even at. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can move on to the what the fucks. Yeah. Uh... My first what the fuck is wish when she's eating food and all of a sudden she has to pull a string out of her mouth. I'm like, okay, one, it, it, like, why are you throwing this food away? One, okay, one, were you eating someone else's food? I'm surprised there's a string in it because if you brought your own food, there would definitely not be a string. Yeah, and in the food. Yeah, we never see her like actually. I don't know. I never see her carry in a lunch and stuff when she's reporting for duty. So like, yeah, so she's raiding the, the fridge of an abandoned police station, so she yeah. gets what she deserves. <laughs> right. Um, I, I Okay, I had one here. This is a what the fuck. Cause I couldn't really put it in the bad. It was just more like, okay, so <laughs> I found her reaction a bit what the fuck where she... Um, the scene where, like, okay, the office room has all the chairs on there, and then... Um, she they rip sees off it. Alter guys don't have to go stack the chairs. Yeah, so she looks over to the left, and they're all stacked up there. And she's like, "Oh, very funny, guys." I was like, "What the fuck? How uh, at that you point you imagine? Yeah, how the fuck? Did, I thought like, are you fucking serious? You think somebody's playing a joke on you? And I, if I saw that, I would have already been out of there by now because I know that nobody can pull out an elaborate prank like that fast." Not these fucking dumbass cop dudes over here hazing a fucking rookie. <laughs> I just found it, like, unbelievable. Like, her reaction did not match it of, like, oh, really funny, guys. I know you're fucking with me. I was like, I think at this point you would st- probably should start thinking that this place is, like, haunted or some shit. Like, I, I would be waiting out in my squad car already. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Yeah, I want to be, in, I'd be waiting it out in my car. Like, you know what? Yeah. I'll keep she even, on the police station to make sure junkies don't walk in. Yeah. Like, she even says she's, she even says she was going to do that, which I, I guess that's the other thing where I guess, you know, I could say my other what the fuck was just her walking. Why didn't you? Well, yeah, why didn't you? Well, she, okay, she did literally leave the building and then comes back because the phone's ringing again. And it's like to go talk to the, well, I guess at that point she didn't know it was like a dead girl she's supposed to be talking to. But again, I'm kind of surprised that she could even hear the phone ringing for considering how far she'd already walked away from the building. And then she like just comes back in to answer it. It's like, fuck that, man. Just. Dude, they, they're supposed to be calling the, the other dispatch office anyways. Just, you know, fuck them. <laughs> uh, like, and uh, finally at the end, when uh, she uh, starts thinking that, like, the ghosts are coming to get her. Like, who brings a gun to a ghost fight? 
<laughs> like, like, it's I know, like Supernatural had been does. out for a few years. Get some salt and holy water. I'll tell you what a cop does. An American <laughs> cop does. Okay. <laughs> All right. And, and the friggin' bag men are coming in. They're looking like the uh, the fucking Rorschach uh, cult from uh, the Watchmen series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought they were, or I thought they were the strangers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like the second you drop them with a gun, you should probably start asking yourselves, like, okay, one, how is this working? Yeah, right. Like, like how 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 would this gun suddenly gain the ability to kill ghosts? <laughs> the ghost and, gun, all right. Like, I'd be fighting with salt and holy water, which you know it would have kept the crew, it would have kept the bioclean crew alive because they would have just been like, yeah, she just went to the break room and started you know throwing the contents of the the cupboard at us, and you know we just left her alone and <laughs> we just went about our business in the hazmat room and. <laughs> you know, as I say, when everything looks like a nail, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So, <laughs> you know, shoot. All you have is a gun. Everyone looks like Rorschach. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, just, I think it's just showing where, oh man, this movie could have had some potential to be a lot better. So maybe right. maybe they'll do it better on the on the, on this next go around. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so now we can take it to the kill of the week. And I gotta say, uh, the only kill I can give it to is the cop's death because everything else might be fake. Yeah, probably um, is. How are we going to consider it on this? Um, I don't know. I guess if we can just kind of say every visual image that we see in the movie. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe just say the. I don't count hallucinations, but that's just my self-imposed limitation. Yeah. I, I'm going to just count the hallucination. I'll just say the the uh, the officer with the bullet hole in, his, in the back of his head. There we go. Yep. Yeah. Well, even though it's he was already off. he was already dead. Yeah, he's already dead. But we do see at least an image of him like actually shooting himself in the head too. Uh, but he's like you know trying to. At that point, it's like uh, is it payment now trying to like fuck with her head or whatever? But um, yeah, I don't know. But again, it's kind of hard to classify any of this shit in there. But that that's gonna be my vote. You know, even though it's kind of ripping off the sixth sense. <laughs> it's like hey, look what I can do. Well, it's the same sort of, like, reveal where it's like, oh, you know, she's talking, he's talking for a bit. Nobody does it. finger guns like me. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. <Yeah>. Bang. <laughs> I'm going to Bud Dwyer myself. Kind of surprised there's not, like, any sort of, like, individual indications on the front of his face that he just blew out the back of his head, you know? Like, it's like it's not till he actually turns his head all the way around that you see the bullet yeah. hole. But we don't even know if he actually killed himself or if he was just like shot in the face and the bullet just came out. A good. Uh, uh, we again, just don't know because everything is fucking fake. Yeah, everything is an induced hallucination. They should have just leaned more. Yeah, I feel like it would have been better had they not been trying to lean, try to do this pseudo like. The cult's fucking with your head. Everything is a yeah. Everything is a junk. Or, well, what, or, what, or what they should have done is just picked a definitive route and stick with it rather than try to all do this 
pseudo-intellectual, leave it ambiguous type ending. Yeah, you could have like a few hallucinations and then she has to solve the mystery of the cult. And like, you know, at, at the end of her first shift, she's stumbled onto a lead in the case because of like one of the hallucinations that the cops didn't uh, didn't uh, didn't th- clue into before because like one of the ghosts is, is sharing information with her. Like, yeah. Have, have some like... This whole thing, like, yeah, a cult came in here, and now we're just going to screw with the rookie. It just ugh, just didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. I mean, if it was, like, one of the victims of the cult, or, or maybe, or maybe like, you know, the leaders of the cult were killed in holding, and they're trying to, you know, get the uh, cop to see things from their perspective that they were that they were just like a harmless sex cult that got blamed for the cops roughing up local hookers. Like, make it like a cool mystery to solve. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... This was just like pointless torture. Yeah. It's it's like they, they had these threads that just didn't get spun into anything. A lot of like, you know, these Chekhov's guns that weren't really capitalized on. Um, you know, just... A lot of plot threads that, yeah, they weren't spun into anything. They didn't really tie together. It's like, you know, they were just like a bunch of ideas that they just sort of abandoned and they just got sprinkled in there and they don't go anywhere. And the message of what's going on and stuff is very muddled, you know. Damn, I don't know. It just like, I don't know. Try again, guys. Try again. (laughs) Just try. We'll give you one more chance. Yeah. After that, we're done with Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah. DiBiase. DiBiase. <laughs> so, I'm going to give this movie two hanging Rasputins out of five. All right. I, I I just wasn't feeling this much, even though like it had like some competence in it. I just couldn't understand what I'm looking at. If you, if you can't trust anyone or anything, then what's the point? It, it just becomes like a, like a tech demo sampler. If you can't grasp onto a story. Mm-hmm. Like, there was just no point for her getting these hallucinations. Like, why why are ghosts, like, spending all this energy targeting her? Like, yeah. Did her dad commit this amazing, terrible crime that she has to deal with? And then she ends up fighting her dad at the point afterwards because she has to, like, you know, make him keep, uh, have him be take responsibility for his actions and, you know, redeem well, the family line. Like th- th- there was nothing making sense. I don't think there was a lot of stuff really. I don't know. I don't feel like this movie properly set it up to be that kind of movie. Like if yeah, it's going to no be sense to be had, if it's going to be the kind of movie where like, I don't know, like I'm trying to just think of some like movie off the top of my head where it's, like, I don't know, when they did that biopic, A Beautiful Mind or something, where it's like, okay, you're seeing a bunch of scenes that are obviously this dude's head, his hallucinations playing out. They don't really seem to set the stage for the movie to be interpreted that way, even though sometimes they want to leave it that way. It's just done feel earned. So, yeah, and then it amounts to just kind of being a pointless thrill ride or, you know, merry-go-round. So I don't know. I, I would give this one. I, I still would give this uh, a, a three Manson cult ripoff out of five. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, despite its flaws, I think it's a, a fairly decent movie. It has a decent premise. Um, but yeah, it's pretty messy in the its execution. But I think uh, it's a decent psychological horror entry. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe there might be a better version of this coming out. <laughs> it's like, I, I'd like to see that. Yeah, well, hopefully it has nothing to do with, like, Simple Simon and the Pyman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I would pay the troll toll to see him go into the hole. Uh, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode more than we enjoyed this movie. <laughs> or at least all the uh, the various movies we discussed, because there wasn't much of this movie to discuss. Yeah, surprisingly not. <laughs> but we do have other movies in the... Uh, in the upcoming future, as well as some nice themes coming up. So we will keep the graveyard shift going this year. And if you want to be a guest on the episode, uh, hit us up with a, with a movie that you want to talk about. We're always uh, looking to make new friends. Or if you just got comments or observations on our previous episodes, hit us up. We'd like some fan mail. And uh, again, if you want to support the show, you can just uh, find out in the credits. And, uh, we hope that you have a, a, a good, scary new year, and uh, we hope to have one as well and share all of our observations with you. Uh, is there any uh, anything you'd like to add, uh, John? Uh, no, nothing in particular right now, but I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. <laughs> okay, so until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm John. And thank you for joining us for another year of the graveyard shift the graveyard shift is a strange biscuits production visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyard shift to hear all of our previous episodes subscribe to us rate and review us on Castbox, apple podcast stitcher and spotify and don't forget to check out our instagram at the graveyard shift pod as well as our facebook at the graveyard shift pod our twitter is gs underscore horror pod and if you wish to support the show financially visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard for as little as a dollar a month you can help support the show and get bonus content the theme for the graveyard shift is as brutal as it ever was by techno axe Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't get that movie. Like, I, I saw it in the theater with my sister. And oh, man. There's a lot, I, like... Yeah, I, there was a lot I just didn't get at the time. Like, oh, like what's with the the flashing lights? Oh uh, yeah, and then like, why are we following this clicky girl? And oh man, okay. Well, this this is a movie. Uh, that's a movie. I, for one, I recommend a rewatch, and I could do a discussion with you on this, and it, it, you know, it'll you might get a little more appreciation for it. Uh, you know, and I get it. Some people don't really like that movie, but I want like I also think. Maybe people just the reasons people. I guess it's more of the specific reason why they don't like the movie is what's important. Well, yeah. the son was an absolute asshole. I hated him. He was just, ah. Uh, oh yeah. 
like when when the mother's just like, I wish I, ne- I, d- I didn't adopt you or something. Like, I mean, she must have said, I wish I didn't adopt you because I can't imagine her saying, like, I well, wish I didn't give birth to you because they all have like, a pretty that, fuck. That kid's Indian and yeah. they're not. Yeah. So clearly he's adopted. Yes. Well, yeah, it's kind of weird in that front. Um, and when she's like, oh, I wish I didn't have, I wish I didn't well, adopt you. And there's, I'm just like, yeah, there's I agree. A su- there's a subtext. <laughs> there's subtext in the movie. But, uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I honestly just think, uh, I mean, the movie's like, it's about a dysfunctional family. The kid is like that because his mom is like that. You know, <laughs> it's like the kid is fucked up because his mom basically never wanted him, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, he is kind of, like, whiny and... Yeah, but he's adopted. You had to go through hoops to get him. (laughs) Well... It's not like he was just, like, an accident. You don't accidentally adopt somebody. Well, I think what the subtext is, is that she, like, slept with somebody else, and the father still, like, chose to take him on as his son. And she kind of, like, didn't want him. Yeah, that's, you know... It's, like, runs a little bit deeper than that, I think. It's uh All I know is that I got all I know is that like I it took everything I had not to laugh my ass off when the uh, the pole scene came. Oh the uh oh the head. Because <laughs> the brother's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna let mom find it. <laughs> I'll let oh, mom yeah. deal with it. <laughs> that that was uh well, there's again what this thing is trying to say is All it reminded me of was Willie from The Simpsons. You know that sign at the theme park where it says "Don't stick your horn off the side." It's there for a reason. <laughs> it's like this also, is- how close was he driving to the side of the road for her to hit a pole on the road? <laughs> I mean, I it's, mean- usually people drive like near the line in the middle. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> He she was leaning her head out pretty fucking far, too. I mean, she would have to leap out the fucking window to hit it, yes. unless he was like driving on the shoulder of the road. Yeah, well, he was he was high. He's a pothead. Okay, he just so did he think he, he smokes like, weed he to it, just dissociate from stuff. And he then hit the shoulder. The, him, the car. Sh- he hit the shoulder. The car yeah. shake, and he's you just gotta, thinking, watch this, this movie car's again. got a nice. This car's got a massage function. Oh God! Like, and then dong. It's like, hey sister, he's you getting, oh fuck! I don't know. He's getting like, well, he's getting roadhead from a like one of those like flashlights, and it's like it's just going up down, and he starts like kind of swerving Stay in the back a little and bit. Don't look at me. Yeah, he starts. Just look out the window and click. He starts veering a little bit too far to the left, that side of the road, while she's like leaning her head out the window, puking because she's got. Fucking peanut allergy, and she eats. She did. Uh, she did too much punch, if I recall. Yeah, but there's there's a bit like there's a I mean, lot the more. The roadhead definitely sounds like it would have been like a good. Re- I mean, <laughs> if ghosts were responsible for the crash because he gets like a like a Ray Stan's Ghostbusters visit, like a ghost <laughs> appears beside him and then like unzips his pants and he's like, "What?" And then he starts getting like phantom roadhead, <laughs> and that's what makes him lean the car off to the side while the sister's barfing. That would make sense. Well, it would be fucking. It would still be hilarious, but it would make some sense. Yeah, the whole reason that was happening is like, okay, so Pyman could get rid of that body because it was living in her, right? And it was trying to transfer to the sun. And I, I guess like they had to kill off her body, and then I think at that point, I think that's when it went into. 
Alex's because I remember he, he he's in the treehouse with the old with the old cult. Yeah, it's because it was and then like he turns around and doesn't or, click. Or I, I had to move to another vessel or something. Or well, they were trying to. Or maybe didn't instantly move to Alex. Like the whole movie, everything it's was so already fucking s- confusing. Because I thought they were trying to summon the no. old man. Yeah, it's a movie. Like the old man wanted to be what? reincarnated, but when he did that click at the end, I honestly thought. Oh, they fucked it's up what and they're brought the wrong soul back. It's because the sister's Pyman's, been reincarnated. No, it's yeah, because Pyman was in like yeah. It, it's one of those movies you gotta have to. So like, Pyman is the clucker. Yeah, that's, he he was the part of her that drove her to cluck. Yeah, like he was living in her, but like the reason why the grandmother was like all obsessed with the daughter and stuff growing up is because she knew Pyman was in that body. But Pyman, they're saying Pyman prefers a male host, so. They were always trying, like, they they kept the son away from her, but they, they weren't able, she said, you know, the mom said she wasn't able to keep the grandmother away from the daughter when she was born. And, you know, how she, like, insisted on breastfeeding her and all that weird, creepy shit. It's because, like, she knew that, like, Pyman was in her body, so she was trying to, like, take care of it, you know, and make, sh- you know, shepherd it and work it up to the day that she could get him out of her body and eventually get to Alex. But they had to play this long game. And really the whole movie <laughs> is about have to wait for them to get drunk at a party. Yeah. Well, they took it. Yeah. Basically the mom got taken advantage of when she was at a very low point with grief. And like that cult lady was in the fucking fuck, you know, group basically just eyeing her the whole time if you go back and watch the movie right she's in the first therapy session she's actually in there who's she uh the the lady who was like with the cult who's saying oh yeah listen i found out a way to like communicate with the dead oh the cultist is uh, the shrink yeah well she's not a shrink she's um she's just in that group with them like she says, "Oh no, I lost my son too." Like, but yeah, she's not the actual shrink. She's like another member of the group therapy. But she's like in the very first like scene of the group therapy stuff too. Like, but you don't see her until like they pay attention, or you know, you don't really notice it until they you know focus in on it a bit more. I, it's honestly a movie. I, I you know, I I could. Like I've I watched it a few. Another view. It's been yeah, a while. I mean, it's one of those it's ones. It's easy to say I may have forgot a thing or two. Or I think. It, yeah, I, I feel like it's a movie you might like a little bit better on multi, on like a second viewing, where you know what the plot is and you can look for the stuff in the background of because it, it is really interesting. Actually, a lot of stuff that's moving around there. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, we've got off a bit on a tangent of that movie, but I was like, nah. It's like give that movie another chance. So it's like some people like. Some people that say they didn't like because they didn't get it. I was like, well, here, I'll help you get it. And then you might be like, oh, okay, well, shit, man, this is kind of crazy now when I look at all this. <laughs> it's like the but, opposite of a retrospective. It's yeah. Like a pre- it's like a pretrospective. Well, yeah. Ari Aster is, like, does a lot of that stuff. And I, I, have you seen Midsummer? Not yet. Okay. Well, that's – I honestly, I like Midsummer a little bit more. But it's like – I feel like it's – well, I mean – Go figure the name and then the time period. It feels like it's the summer movie. Like, why is it spelled Midsummer? Uh, I, I, I guess it sounds like it's more of like this. 
like still like a more old English spelling of it. Yeah, I don't, it sounds Shakespearean. Oh, yeah, it doesn't look Shakespearean. Well, it looks it's like because Shakespeare. of like where it takes place. Because yeah, they're going to visit some like I think they're supposed to be in Sweden in the movie. And it's supposed to be visiting some people that honestly their traditions seem more just like kind of like Nordic, but they're. I know, just like they're just like from this like weird the few like pictures cult. I saw of it. It looked like some Wicker Man shit. Yeah, it is very Wicker Man-ish. Also has like a which I also haven't I've seen in its uh, in completion well, yet. I just the, remember not the, the Nick, not the bees, not, not the bees. well. Okay, yeah, not that's a remake. Like if you want to see the like see the have you seen the nineteen seventy one with Christopher I, Lee? That no, but I, you I yeah. want to a fucking Christopher Lee. Yeah, no, already. that one. Yes, you need to go watch the original Wicker Man. That one's great. Uh, and then I actually haven't seen that Nicolas Cage one. I just know the memes. Me neither. I just saw the bees. Yeah. Everybody's seen Well, I, I know. So. Maybe there's a little spoiler over here. At some point, we have a, a Nicolas Cage marathon oh, theme. Yeah, a theme. A, yeah, the Uncaged but, Month. Yeah. We, we, got we could do like two or three months well, of Cage because that guy's done well, hey, horror movies. Well, here's the thing. And he's done some, I mean, I you know we're kind of doing it off this meme thing, but he's actually done some very, like you ever seen 8mm? That's a great like. I remember cycle. seeing a scene. Someone did a someone yeah. did an edit of eight millimeter where he's <laughs> watching the scene, but oh, it, every time it shows oh what he's God. watching, it's the Wicker Man. <laughs> then it shows his reactions to watching the Wicker Man scene where he's like, I just <laughs> "Oh God!" Because he's watching a snuff film in eight he's millimeter. Being to watch and his game was to watch. Oh my God! That's that's too. <laughs> it's like oh. Yeah, that sucks. It's like the good era of Nicolas Cage looking at, like, the bad era of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, well, uh, God, fuck, I forgot to see one that was in theaters. Was uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, yeah. Basically, he plays I, I like know. a cartoon version of himself. Yeah, he plays himself, and it's with... Um, Pedro uh, Pascal. Yeah, pa- yeah, Pedro Pascal, yeah. And he has to cozy up to a hitman while being Nick Cage. Yeah, undercover. It's like just the concept looks so fucking great. It's like, yeah, I'm Nick fucking Cage. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like the most you know Nick what? Cage role ever. Nick Cage leaning into Nick Cage <laughs> just sounds like such a good time. Yep, I I think only Nick Cage is such an actor to pull off such a complex role like that. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> need someone in a Nick Cage role. Who else can fit that role but Nick Cage? Yeah, I mean, the Nick Cage biopic starring Nick Cage. Like, I love that episode of Community where it's just basically like an an argument of is he a good actor getting bad roles or is he a just a bad actor? <laughs> right. 